0: This episode of The Yarn is sponsored by Heinemann and their professional book, Trusting Readers, Powerful Practices for Independent Reading. Colby talked with co-authors Jennifer Scoggin and Hannah Schneewind about the book.
1: One of the things that we discovered in our research as we were doing this book was that there's really a crisis of trust in education. Mm -hmm. One of the things we discovered was that teachers did not feel that they were trusted to make instructional decisions based on what they knew about their students. So one of our hopes for this book is that teachers can feel as if, yeah, I'm the expert in the room. I know literacy, I know the curriculum, but most importantly, I know my students and I know how best to teach my student based on that person's strengths and next steps.
0: Independent reading is such an essential piece of the literacy puzzle. Trusting readers will show you how to make independent reading flourish in your classroom. Visit Heinemann.com to learn more and order a copy. Welcome to The Yarn, a School Library Journal production. I'm Colby Sharp. A year and a half ago, most of us had no idea who was the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Heck, most of us probably didn't even know that NIAID existed. We all now know that the leader of that organization is Dr. Anthony Fauci. Later this month, the book, Dr. Fauci, How a Boy from Brooklyn Became America's Doctor, written by Kate Messner and illustrated by Alexandra By, comes out. I had to know how a picture book biography of Dr. Fauci came together so quickly, so I called up Kate Messner to ask her about it. In this episode, Kate talks about where and when she got the idea for this book, what it is like deciding what to put in and what to leave out of a picture book biography, and she geeks out a little bit about how much she loves the back matter in this book. I hope you enjoy my conversation with
1: Kate Messner. Well, thanks, Colby, for having me me on to chat. Uh, So the new book, the new picture book is Dr. Fauci, How a Boy from Brooklyn Became America's Doctor. And it's a picture book biography uh, about who Dr. Fauci was before he was Dr. Fauci. So we're going back to the days of Anthony Fauci when he was growing up in working class Brooklyn. And this is a book that actually kind of grew out of a different project I was working on. I have a book that came out in 2020 called The Next President all about what presidents were doing before they became president. And with Chronicle, I'm doing a follow-up to that book called The Next Great Scientist that is all about the childhoods and upbringings of famous scientists. And I had reached out to Dr. Fauci's office last spring, in spring of 2020, to ask a couple quick questions about his childhood. So he'd be one of, you know, 60-some scientists included in that book. And the more I learned, the more I read about how he got to where he is, the more I realized that that would be a really amazing picture book biography all on its own. So that was when I reached out to the office again, hoping that they might uh, find some time for a Zoom interview so that I could chat with him and work on that project.
0: So most people had not heard of Dr. Fauci 15 months ago. And knowing how long it usually takes to make a book, I just, I don't understand how this all came together so fast and so quickly and you're able to get this book out so in such a quick amount of time. Can you talk about that? It's just, I'm just, my mind is blown.
1: Yeah, mine was too, to be honest. <laughs> it was a bit of a whirlwind. I'm, I'm working um, with, for this book. I'm working with uh, Simon & Schuster and Kendra Levin is the editor. And um, they've done this before. They've, uh, you know, put books out relatively quickly uh, when it's something that has a tie-in to current events. And as soon as I started talking with Kendra about this book, we were both in agreement that this really works best if we can get it out pretty quickly while kids are still seeing Dr. Fauci on the news, and especially uh, when kids are getting ready to be vaccinated. You know, we have our um, our 12-year-olds being vaccinated, uh, many of them, you know, 12 plus this summer, uh, and hopefully looking at um, vaccine availability for even younger kids Uh, you know, toward the end of 2021, early 22, from what I'm hearing. And kids will have questions about that. Like they have questions about everything. Kids are always curious. And so uh, we wanted to make sure that story was available to them. Not only the story of, you know, this guy they see on the news at night, but also a little bit more about vaccines. And there's a lot of that information in the back matter for the biography.
0: What did Dr. Fauci think about a children's book being created about him?
1: So I wondered if uh, when I reached out for the interview, I wondered if if there was any chance at all that he would be able to do that, because it was, you know, right during the thick of the pandemic this fall uh, when I interviewed him um, and I knew there was a chance that his office might just say, no, I'm sorry, he doesn't have time. But I also understand that education is so essential in public health um and that's something that dr fauci and his entire office work so hard on uh that was kind of what i was hoping is that they would see this as an opportunity uh you know not only to get information out about vaccines but also to inspire tomorrow's scientists you know the kids who are loving science right now but don't necessarily imagine themselves as doing such big things in the world i think it's really powerful for kids to see that you know this guy they see on the news at the podium next to the president at night was once a kid just like them, who was just curious and, you know, checking out the World Book Encyclopedia and riding his bicycle around and playing baseball with his friends.
0: What did you know about Dr. Fauci? Did you know him at all before the pandemic? And like, how does one learn about someone who, you know, doesn't have quite the, I guess, fanfare uh, mm-hmm. Growing up, but that a lot of other celebrities would—I guess it's weird to call him a celebrity—that a lot of other prominent people in the news would have. Like, how do you even like learn about his childhood?
1: Uh, So his childhood was really the one thing that I needed to talk to Dr. Fauci Mm -hmm. about. Um, You know, there aren't, there are lots of interviews. um, And I realize most people have just been hearing about Dr. Fauci in the last year and a half, but his career in public health, you know, goes back all the way, you know, to the Reagan administration and before, you know, Dr. Fauci was um, advising presidents on the AIDS crisis and on Ebola. And, you know, he's been doing the work all along. It's just that, most of us heard of him more recently than that. Um, So there is actually quite a lot of information about his career as a public health official, um, as a leader in public health. What I didn't have the information on except for little dribs and drabs that I'd come up across in interviews uh, is what he was like growing up, right? How did Dr. Fauci get to be Dr. Fauci? And that's always what I'm looking for when I'm researching a children's book, a picture book biography is, you know, where in this person's childhood, where in their upbringing, were those seeds planted that allowed them to be the person they became and have the career and make the contributions they made?
0: So this person that you've created this book on, Dr. Fauci has kind of become, uh, I guess, a polarizing figure. How do you, what is your thought on, not like what is your opinion on him? Obviously you uh, think highly of him to create a book on him, but why do you think that is the case?
1: Uh, it's strange. I'll be honest with you. You know, we have, um, it's it's sort of unprecedented that you would see a, a, a nonpartisan public health official turn into this sort of a lightning rod. Uh, you know, but it's been a weird time. You know, um, the reality is, Dr. Fauci has served seven different presidents, and most of them were Republicans and not Democrats. Um, but because of the, I guess, sort of the anti-science attitude that we have seen in the past, you know, four years or so that we're just coming out of now, um, a scientist has somehow become polarizing. You know, it's a shame and it's something we need to get past. I Uh, I think it's, it's harmed us in a lot of ways. Um, But it certainly is something that I was aware of when I started working on the book. Um, You know, you know me, I know, you know, my work, I don't shy away from Mm -hmm. topics that are controversial, or, uh, and I don't worry too much about people who say, oh, I don't like that book, you know, that's, those aren't the people I'm writing the books for, right? I'm writing this picture book for kids who are interested in science and public health, and wanna know more about the people who are doing that work today. So uh, yes, I get some some hate mail for the book and and some nasty tweets, but um, those things always say more about the person who bothers to spend yeah. time writing mean things to a stranger than they do about me or Dr. Fauci or the book. So I don't worry a whole lot about those. Yeah.
0: Was it, what were what were there, what was something that you had, to, I mean, in a picture book, you obviously only have so much space. Was there something that you, like added last minute or something you had to take out. Like I just want to know like what was it like deciding what goes in, what goes out, like just what is what was that like? And was there anything that you had to take out or that you were able to squeeze in that uh you maybe were wrestling with.
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 hard to squeeze a a childhood and then a 40 year career into 32 pages or 40 some pages as the case may be. Uh, so yeah, we we struggled with that. Um, the most interesting thing I talked a lot about with my editor is where we would make the shift in the book to going from Dr. Fauci's childhood and his early career to focusing on COVID-19 and his um, his involvement in, in this most recent pandemic. Because of course, you know, kids have heard about AIDS and to some degree Ebola, but really, this is the first major public health crisis that most of our kids have experienced. Um, And they connect with that and they want to talk about that and want to learn more about it. Um, So that was an interesting... um, element to talk about when we were putting the book together and, and editing, you know, how much to talk about different, um, different challenges that he'd faced in his career. Um, we did choose, uh, I did choose to include uh, a bit about the AIDS crisis, because that was a time, um, you know, as as you might, well, I'm older than you are, but <laughs> I remember uh, just even hearing in the news um, you know, about the protests because the government wasn't doing enough. And, and you know, there was this, um, this bias happening because many government officials believed at the time that this was a disease that only affected uh, the gay population, which was, you know, A, showed a total lack of empathy, but B, was wrong anyway. Uh, and so uh, I thought that was important to talk about because Dr. Fauci uh, was right there in the middle of that, you know, advising Reagan. And he was one of the people who was uh, kind of early to get on board as far as government officials go. Um, and, you know, he had protests outside his office. There was an article about how he actually said, come on in, let's talk, uh, which is really different. You know, it's not what you expect from somebody who's being you know, shouted at. Uh, But that actually is something that I I had seen the roots of when I was talking with Dr. Fauci about his childhood is that, you know, he grew up in this really working class kind of rough and tumble sometimes neighborhood in Brooklyn um, and attended a pretty elite prep school. Um, That he, you know, took something like four buses to get there. And so he really kind of lived in two worlds and he had to be good at talking to lots of different kinds of people. Uh, And that was something that really came out in that one story, um, you know, when the government was just beginning to pay attention to the AIDS crisis. Uh, and how he facilitated some of those conversations, you know, and eventually got to be friends with Larry Kramer, who was, um, you know, the 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 founder of ACT UP. Uh, so that was really interesting to me. The idea that that there was this, you know, respect and ab- ability to listen, uh, even when you know he was things were uncomfortable and and difficult. So that was something we really wanted to include. Um, there was a lot we had to leave out. There always is in a picture book. Um, I'm really grateful though that uh, the editor, my editor Kendra, was uh encouraging when I wanted to include really rich back matter for this book. It's a beautiful so, Yeah so we have a timeline of Dr. Fauci's life, we have uh, a, a spread about vaccines, um, Dr. Fauci contributed uh, five tips for future scientists and I thought that was really great because he was able to talk about this idea that science is going to involve failure, it's a part of science And I think that's a really important thing to talk about, too. You know, you hear people saying, oh, he was wrong about this thing. Well, everybody was wrong about it. It was a brand new virus and nobody knew. And the ability to say, we don't know, we have to find out and then change your, your approach when you learn more information. You know, you change your approach when you have more data is such a huge part of science and, and so difficult, I think for people to wrap their, their heads around sometimes. So I thought it was really great that he, he talked about that. Um, and then my, my, um, one of my favorite things is that we had asked Dr. Fauci for some reference photographs of his childhood that we could share with our amazing illustrator, Alexandra Bai. When she was uh, creating the art for this book, uh, and he shared just some great photographs. You know, I have a, we have a photo of Dr. Fauci in his first communion outfit uh, from when he was, you know, seven years old or so. And he was kind enough to let us use some of those photographs in the book's back matter as well. Uh, so that was really great. So I'm, I'm really grateful that we got to include so much in the back matter. Um, so I'm really happy with with how it turned out. I feel like there's going to be a lot there for kids who are curious.
0: Absolutely. So I often hear authors talk about just the agony of like knowing when a book is done and when you can turn it in and you eventually have to stop. But like you're writing this book in real time. And yeah. like so when is the actual publication date of the book? June
1: 29th. June 29th. So the book is done.
0: Yeah. When was the last time you got to like change anything? I feel like like the illustrator was like writing like up or yeah. drawing like up and like I just like when she really you, was. When were you yeah. done? Like when was the last time you were allowed to do any changes?
1: Uh we were we were tweaking things until a couple months ago. Um, and Alexandra, I I just am in awe of her because to illustrate an entire picture book in the timeline that she did, and the art is just exquisite too. There's so much nuance in the art, you know, the... Um, the way she depicted, you know, has her bright, warm colors and these family scenes from Dr. Fauci's childhood, where his grandfather would make Italian food for the family every Sunday, and this, you know, just bright, warm, beautiful kitchen. Um, and then shifting when the COVID, we get into the COVID nineteen pandemic, and the the whole palette in a way changes, and it's mm-hmm. it's these kind of cold, steely grays and empty streets. And she just did a brilliant job with it. And she's the one I'm really in awe of because. Um, you know, the book, we started working on the book in late December, uh, you know, it was December when we started working on this book in earnest. Um, you know, I had written the manuscript, but of course we were still editing. And, um, and so Alexandra had, uh, you know, some amazing work to do. And we were, we were updating things. So by the time I turned in my my final, almost final draft in, uh, you know, late January, it was pretty clear that we were on a a better track with vaccinations, and that the supply was increasing. Uh, you know, Dr. Fauci had had his his vaccine. Um, you know, President Biden had had his vaccine, and um, you know, my parents had had their vaccines. Mm-hmm. So it was it was clear that we were. I don't. You could already sort of feel that we were things were starting to get better, and there was some light at the end of the tunnel. And that's really where we chose to end the story. Um, not to say you know these are the i didn't with this book try to go back in and say and these were the numbers in may and this is how many cases there were at early june um what we tried to do is is look at the progression of trying to solve a problem and this amazing work that the scientists did in creating these vaccines uh, so quickly and getting them out there and the hope that that provided so the, the the book really ends with hope rather than the actual end of the pandemic which i thought was um, was something that made a lot of sense for young readers because we still don't know. This this book is going to come out in June. We have no idea what's going to happen in the fall. We're still looking at, uh, you know, some states where vaccination rates are very low, and will there be, you know, outbreaks? You know, we expect there may be. Um, so to try and predict the future didn't make a lot of sense. So ending on that note of hope did, though.
0: So, well, let's let's end with that. And what it ending with hope? What is your hope for this book?
1: I hope that it finds its readers. I mean, it's kind of the same as I hope for any book. It's not going to be a book that everybody in the country loves. I <laughs> in that, um, you know, in my answer, I, you know, depending on on the email, I, I get questions from people about, well, why did you write this book? And I'm like, look, it's if it's not for you, it's not for you, and go find a book you love. There are so many of them. Um, but I have heard from a lot of people who are really excited about this book. Um, you know, kids have seen Dr. Fauci on the news literally most weeks uh, for the past year and change. Uh, and so to be able to learn a little bit more about him and to learn that he was a kid, a curious kid, just like they are. My biggest hope is that that's going to make science and the field of public health feel accessible to so many more kids. Um, and that they're going to understand, you know, I can, I can, I can do this, you know, I, that could be me someday and, and I can study science and I can, um, try things and do experiments and make mistakes and learn from those mistakes uh, and all of that. So what I really hope is that um, this book will answer questions that kids have about um, the pandemic and Dr. Fauci and vaccines, but mostly that they're going to see that this work of science and public health is work that could belong to them too. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Yarn. Thank you to Kate Messner for chatting with me about Dr. Fauci, how a boy from Brooklyn became America's doctor. Thank you to Heinemann Publishing for sponsoring this episode. Thank you to Philip Stead for creating her theme song. Additional music for this episode comes from the Free Music Archive. A big shout out to my co-host, Travis Yonker, for helping me produce this episode. Try not to be jealous that Travis's school year ended before mine. My name is Colby Sharp. Thanks for tuning